Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the tree is, is this the, the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you here? You we always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got you. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My, my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys in the show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because he's done on the war feet. Hey there, Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. Just want to comment and say Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and much more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns, your post-game show. Chiefs win 31-17 against the Los Angeles Chargers. A game of two halves. At first, I was like, geez, where did our defense go? And then, I mean... Right, right when everyone's like taking half time to kind of debrief and dog the defense online, what happens in the second half? I mean, they just pitch, they pitch a shutout. I mean, honestly, I, I will say uh, as far as game plan wise, um, the Blake Bell fumble. But like as far as like, uh, making adjustments and stuff, Spags did a great job defensive uh, second half adjustments. I mean, we're going to get into uh, Charles and who Charles in charge um, and everything we did on defense, but. Overall, man, great game. Offense looked like the old school offense that we uh, that we know and love. Um, putting up, Mahomes almost on pace for like seven hundred yards at the first half. I know, it I did know. happen, but nonetheless, um, yeah. What was your, what was your thoughts on just the game flow? We're gonna get into the certain topics. What was your uh, thoughts just on in, the game flow? Just in general, uh, it seemed like an old school game where we scored a lot early in the game, and then the offense goes cold, and then the other team comes roaring back and takes the game. Um, and yeah, one of those two things happened. Our offense did go cold um, a little bit for a little while in the third. We had we had some rough patches there where I was like, "Oh no, is this one of those games again where like we just play one half of football?" But the Chiefs' defense didn't do that other part of it. Every time in the third quarter, we kind of looked like we weren't going to get off the uh, the ground on the on the on the offensive side. Our defense held them to a three and out. I was like, "Dude, this is just a different team overall." Um, Mahomes just got a little impatient at times to turn the ball over. I don't necessarily agree with the Blake Bell fumble, to be honest with you. They, they said, what? it's funny. He said, when, if you have to start saying if, guys, then, you know, it's not conclusive. Well, he was saying, well, if you slow it down or if you speed it up, well, if you have to do, if you have to, like, manipulate the video to make it look like what you want it to be, then sure. Um, but I, I, overall, I'm going to put the nail in the coffin in the fourth, but I, I just, I, our defense in the second half, as long as one side of the ball is dominant on one of the halves, we should be okay most, if not all weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely a tale of two halves, though. I mean, for a little bit there, it looked like it was going to be a Big Twelve uh, Texas Tech Mahomes kind of game. The way yeah. it was going, like like four touchdowns, in like seven minutes or whatever that that, that they said, uh, whatever that stat was. But like, great game overall. 
Uh, offense first half, second half defense has kind of cleaned it up and did their thing. But uh, I want to tackle uh, defense um, kind of just the, the tale of two halves being the uh, kind of the ultimate theme here for this game. Mm-hmm. First half, obviously 17 points, let up a lot of um, a lot of big plays. Secondary, it just seemed like there was a lot of like lapses out there. I don't know if it was miscommunication. I don't know what it was, but Josh Palmer getting free, Keenan getting free on like uh, crossing routes. Just a lot of stuff going on uh, in the secondary. Second half, obviously. Zero points allowed. Five sacks. I think most, if not all, came in the second half of that game. Uh, Amenahu, obviously we're going to get in more in-depth than Charles Amenahu. Charles in charge. Amenahu sack. Mike Dana with the sack. George Karloftis with the sack. Drew Tranquil with the sack. Willie Gay with the sack. Two interceptions. Legarius Sneed. And then Brian Cook with the uh, the, the game. Uh, well, the game was over at that point anyway, but that, that pick at the end. Another game, another multi-interception game. We've had, we don't really get many of those guys. So this is, it's a big deal that we were able to come up and do this uh, today, especially second half to kind of close out the game and pretty much not let Chargers know that they can come back in this game. There was never even a time where like Chargers were driving the second half or like there was a little bit of life left back in them. After that Josh Kelly touchdown, man, there was, you never saw it again. There was no life back into that team uh, again. Um, so, what were your thoughts on the defense and what we did as far as disrupting them? The se- Talk about the, the tail of two halves, not really doing anything in the first half and the second half. But what, what was your overall thoughts on that? Um, first, let me say that was the least amount of points we've held the Chargers to since 2019. So that's off the bat. That's pretty cool. Um, I, As much as I want to just like go nuts over the, the pass rush and how dominant it was and how refreshing it is just to see – a different guy looked like he's dominating that series. And it wasn't just a Chris Jones game, right? I mean, obviously he takes up a lot of attention to help other people get, you know, single coverage and uh, and whatnot. But um, the job we did in the secondary, I think led to a lot of that. Herbert had nowhere to go for a lot of those. Um, the job we did, especially on Keenan Allen, was incredible. Um, I did some digging into that too. Lowest yardage against us, or lowest yardage he's had against us since 2017. Wow. Uh, lowest catches of his career against us in that game no shit yeah yeah as high as lowest before that was five several times never had as far as i saw never had a, a four again four, five, less than five against us damn um herbert two picks i mean a who was when i was watching because that's the thing about our defense there's so many guys to watch like i can't like long gone are the days where we have like one or two guys to key in on and everyone else is like i right, just trying to look that way and you won't get too upset uh <laughs> But even Romo called it out a lot. A lot of our sacks were just coverage sacks because our guys just had lockdown. Um, love the five sacks, obviously. Love that Tranquil got a sack against his former team. That was the- yeah. He he was going he was going nuts in that, especially specifically the second half of that game. Yeah, he was. You could tell he was going against yeah. his old team. Well, we might be leaning on him a lot more because uh, you know they were saying Bolton was um, screaming in pain on the way into the locker room. So mm. that's hard to to have. Hopefully, just hoping for good news there. I saw that he was grabbing his. Um, his uh, 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 jersey right there when he was going down, and then someone fell on on on. So he might have just gotten jammed up there. But you know, again, depending on what that break is, and we've seen in the past, we've seen guys like Patrick Willis put the club on and just. Yeah. It, it, it's a badass look. Uh, I don't know. I mean, guys have done it. I don't know what the injury is severity wise. We're gonna find out hopefully uh, tomorrow, maybe. And we'll Almost see like a club with. guy. Yeah, bold, bold old school. I could see definitely bold rocking a club, mm-hmm. um, Patrick Willis mm-hmm. style. Um, yeah, no, uh, I I do agree. Like the the, the way the defense kind of came out um, and just put, put it, it look it looked like first half was kind of 
I don't know what, what it was exactly. It looked like we were kind of letting Chargers hang in the game for whatever reason, whether it was schematically, I don't know what it was. But defensively, it was like it went from kind of turn back the clock a little bit. It was like 2018 Chiefs and then first half and then second half, 2023 Chiefs. I mean, that, that that's the defense that we have this year, and this is the defense that it is. And I think it was the after the game, the CBS crew was saying, like, this this defense is for real. And it's also funny when the, the CBS crew saying that Bill Cowher's right there. Bill Cowher, of course, is part of our uh, 90 special defenses that we had back in the day with DT mm-hmm. and, and them. So, yeah, I mean, like, across the board, like you said, it's not just one guy. We're not just looking at Chris Jones. We're not just looking at Nick Bolden. We got Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, Carl Loftus, who now. I mean, it's honestly, like, it's special, man. I mean, we we haven't had it. We've talked about this before. We haven't had a defense like this in so long. But yeah. now we got – and we got guys across the board. Defense, and then Sneed, Cook, Mike Edwards, a guy I, I've been praising since we got him. I, I thought that was an underrated signing. And you're He almost had the third pick. He almost had the third pick. Yeah, yeah. And I, every every game, he's almost he's attacking the ball. He's almost actually getting to pick it. If you look at, I think he should have at least three or four interceptions this year, based on where he's at and playing yeah. the ball. He's just a ball hawk. That was kind of what his thing was when he when he came over and mm-hmm. really seeing that so far. Um, was there anything that uh, stuck out to you? Um, just looking at the offense and, and looking at the defense in the first half. What do you think was kind of the deal? Because it looked like there's a lot of miscommunication in the secondary. There, we had guys getting late. Uh, Late, uh, late getting over top. I mean, Palmer was running free on, on one of the bombs. He I had. know like, what's going on here. And there was a couple broken plays like that in the first half. Did you notice anything? I mean, we, obviously we don't have JD here to kind of break down the X's and O's with us tonight. Because uh, for anybody who's listening and do, didn't watch the show this week, JD's at the game celebrating the uh, OG, uh, one of the, the best kick return man of all time in Dante Hall. Uh, he was inducted in the Ring of Honor at halftime today. JD was there. Our guy EW Warfield was there. A lot of the uh, the old the old uh, school guys were at the game tonight, but yeah, what did you um what did you make of what what they did to us offensively in the first half? Oh, uh, well, they had the first punt and then the field goal, and then they had two touchdowns. Right, I think that's yeah. how it went for them. Uh, the, and the two touchdown drives, they weren't like turnover in the red zone. They had like the twenty play a uh, twenty yard drive. Right, they actually drove on us a good amount. Um, I I don't I I'm I'm not JD. Um, what I think is. I think we were putting a lot of emphasis on stopping Keenan Allen, which I think um, I think the key is the Chargers, Keenan Allen and Eckler. Um, Eckler was a little gimpy in that game, but um, it looked like we just kind of left Palmer uh, open there while we were trying to take um, Eckler and Keenan Allen completely out of the game, which we did. Eckler had a really – I haven't been fantasy. He had his worst fantasy game of the season. Okay, that won. Um, and so did Keenan Allen. So, you know, like – if I'm going to go into a game, if I'm going to say Palmer's got to beat us for us to lose the game, then so be it. What I don't want is 200 plus yards from uh, total total yards from uh, Eckler, and I don't want one of those 12 catch 140 yard games from Keenan Allen. So if that was their game plan, um, I think they could have done a little better job, and and they, and they they fixed it up right. So I mean, Palmer went wild in the first half, second half not so much. So. Yeah, and I'll say this: that offense, which is a pretty explosive offense, they didn't they just didn't look good. I, I, I mean, obviously we shut them down the second half of the game, but like they just didn't look, look good. Herbert looked rattled. I know he's dealing with the uh, left um, the, the middle finger on his left hand, uh, a fractured finger. But like, I mean, all, all guys are dealing with aches and pains. And it's not his throwing hand, so like, it doesn't affect his th- uh, throwing motion at all. But like, yeah, I mean, we just clamped him up. But let's talk about one specific. They scored seventeen last week too. That's, that's two weeks in a row for them at seventeen. 
Yeah, something's got to give there. I mean, so, if they continue to lose like this, we might see a brand. Everyone's been talking about brands still getting fired. We might see brands still getting fired sooner rather than later. Um, if they continue to lose, especially like this, going scoreless in the second half of games and being a defensive coach and not being able to stop all offenses, making Dak have his best uh, game of the uh, season, the Chiefs' best game offensively this season. Although they did, they did a good job in the second half. They uh, did. They adjusted pretty well, actually. Um, we broke it open, but. I think it was their offense's turn to kind of make up for, um, you know, all the stuff that happened. I think they should have came back and done a little more in that third quarter when their defense actually did their job. But. Yeah, no, I agree. So we're going to go into Charles Omenahu, the guy who everyone's been saying for the last, for the last, like, for since this is week one of the season, just wait till Charles comes back. And this is before we thought we were going to have the top 10, de- top five defense that we do have, but it was wait till Charles gets back. Wait till Charles gets back. Wait till Charles gets back. First game. This guy, right off the bat, talking about, you know, looking at the, the defense. There's guys that stand out when you watch games. And just looking at it right away, you're like, who's number 90? You, you kind of right away are like, who's that guy? That guy is a difference maker. Not knowing anything. Let's say you're just an alien dropped in and watched the Chiefs game for the first time. Right away, you're going to be like, who's number 90? That guy is something special. And his stats tonight. And I, I don't know what his snap count was. I know they were kind of going to give him a little rotation tonight. And obviously, most of these uh, the D-line guys, there's rotation involved. But... This number is one sack, one pass deflection, which led to uh, the Legereus Sneed interception. Yep. Um, two QB hits. He was involved. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his pressure number was tonight. So it was very high. I mean, he was he was getting he was getting back there pretty good. But Charles in charge, man. I've been saying it all week. Charles in charge against the Chargers, and he did his thing tonight. I mean, I, I want to hear from everybody in, in the in the chat and comments. What was everyone's initial impressions of uh, the debut of Charles Mena, who? And of course, you guys watching that, let's smash the like button, subscribe to Chief Concerns if you are new to the Chief Concerns channel. Matasia, was Charles Manahu everything you thought we were going to get with a guy that came from San Francisco? The the, the edge factor, because that's also another thing too. A lot of people were like, okay, is Manahu going to be this guy? Is he going to bring over what he what he brought from San Francisco, or is that just kind of a kind of a scheme they have over there? Because it seems like any edge rusher they have put out in San Francisco dominates. And then coming over here and doing what he did today, like just just on a limited snap count after the first game after six weeks. I mean, this kid's the real deal. And him, yeah. him with Perry and Chris Jones playing inside outside. It's honestly, it's special. <laughs> it yeah. really is. And we can, um, I think we can thank the suspension for the contract we got him for. But you know what? It was totally worth the wait. And I said to myself. A couple times during the game. So glad we have him for what two years? That's right. The two year deal. Two year deal, yeah. Okay. Well, well worth the money we gave him. Um, suspension even. Don't care. Uh, we held it down before while he was gone. It's funny we're saying we held it down while Omenu was gone. Um, but it's incredible because he can we have so many guys now that can take up different positions on the um on the D line, uh on different downs. Like a man who can play inside, outside. Um, the amount of the amount of uh, attacks and blitzes now that Spags can have with Omenehu Jones um, pressures completely off FAU now to perform. Like, you know what, man, just like come in really fresh. If there's an injury, you come in, come in fresh on certain pass downs if we need you. But like, you know, pressure's completely off him. Omenehu can uh, um, rush from the D tackle. He can rush from the end. Uh, Jones can also do the same. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, we have so many guys that can get there. And I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about the defense, and it, it's come to a point where, like, when you have a really high-paid guy like like Chris Jones, who's like we said this Mahomes for the defense, right? A lot of times it's it's that really high-paid guy and a lot of guys around him. 
Um, and you have to really hope you hit on those other guys. Like, and then it becomes, oh man, we have to be as much as the highest percentage we can have of hitting on guys with Chris Jones. That's how good we do on defense. We've hit on most of the guys, acquisitions, draft picks. That's why it's like, it's all coming at once. Like how dominant this defense actually is. Um, not that I'm like waiting for it to kind of pull back a bit, but I keep going into every game against a decent offense or the Chargers are a good offense and being like, all right, I'm not going to fault them. They give up like 24, 30 points. Like they've been dominant every game this year. You're going to have a letdown game. I thought this would be kind of a letdown game as far as how much they'd give up. Um, I thought the Chargers had more, would have more than that. Um, and they just, they keep coming every week and they keep getting better and better and better. We were missing Charles already. To have him back and doing this now, it's just like, man, like we've, I mean, I can't even think of that many defensive players that we haven't hit on uh, in the last couple of years as far as acquisition signings and draft picks. You could make the argument of Frank Clark. His numbers really never matched the contract that he got. In the that's, regular well, that's more than three years, though. That was like five Well, was like five years ago at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. A while ago. But, and I'm, not, I'm not knocking him because postseason he came to play. Yeah. Regular season. I, I, actually think, I, mean, I think his postseason numbers actually overall were better than his yeah. regular season numbers. Which is I'll say his money went to clutch play. How about that? Not yeah. consistent regular season stats. You're not going to look back and be like, dude, Frank Clark killed it for Kansas City. You yeah. have to be a Kansas City fan or like a huge NFL fan to know what Frank Clark did for us. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, casuals aren't going to know. Casuals are going to look at his pro football reference and see his sacks that he sucked. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. which is fine. Like, but but he did. But in the last like two three years, I mean, they've all been big hits, man. I, I can't think of a, a bust pickup or we've had even for low money like edwards wasn't signed for a lot tranquil wasn't signed for a lot yeah oh yeah um, no none of the guys we signed defensively were, were big money besides i, I don't know and Omeno, who i think was a bargain to be quite honest with you oh great that's yeah not big we, money at all like we don't have any guys i'm yelling even during good years by the way i've had guys i don't i'm not gonna name names you could uh i don't i don't have, i didn't have guys on this team and i'm like get him off the field what's he doing out there like even good years we were saying that about certain people yeah, um, I'm never saying that about anyone out there. Like Chanel tears it up when I see him out there. He makes a play almost every game. Uh, 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 I wouldn't say he's a hard liability. Chanel, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to think of guys that I, I have. To oh, I thought you were giving a face to Chanel. But, but just in general, I, I just don't have guys that I'm like I, I, complete liabilities. They're, they're they hit. They all hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the only ones that come to mind were Sorensen and Ben Neiman. Those are the only two guys. But that I mean, we're, we're going back a few years with that. But yeah, yeah. The, it's it's not as much as it is what it used to be. No. And we're talking about the versatility. That's the one thing that I love about this because there were some people online really pissed off that we cut Keandre Coburn. Denver picked yeah, him up. I don't like that either, but, you know. I don't like it either, but, like, Omenahu and Jones, King Felix, Dana, all these guys can play DT and DN. So it's obviously something that they, they – and I don't know if we're, if we're like, giving up on the, the having that plugger. I know we have Naughty there, but, like – are we kind of doing away with the whole pluggers? As long as you have one on your team, you can just rotate everybody else. Everyone else is more of a, a pass rushing specialist that you could put inside and outside. Seems like Spags has got a little type for this. And mm-hmm. this is the closest thing he's had to his New York Giants days. And it, yeah. And honestly, I hope he brings back that NASCAR defense. I don't know if anybody's in the chat right now, played Madden back in the day. Because when you, when you, when you uh, play with the Chiefs, when I, that's at least what I did, I would change up my defensive playbook. I always put in the, the Giants playbook and I would run the NASCAR defense with our, with our, with, with our team at that time. Obviously, we didn't have that plethora of pass rushes. We just had Justin Houston and Tomba. But, you know, I, yeah, I got to say overall, like 
it's Amenahu is all that and more. So, so, so I mean, this is one game sample size, but this guy missed six weeks. I, I, I was expecting, and JD said it on the show this week. He said he's going to get one sack. Watch, he's going to get one sack, and he did. And he probably almost, he almost got two more. But like overall, this is not what you saw today. And I know he wasn't injured or anything; it's just a suspension. But you, mm-hmm. you see guys when they come back from a suspension, even though I mean they, they just don't look like ready. I mean, it's one thing to be in shape and be in game shape midway through the season. He was he was ready to go. Ready and be on the same go. page, like yeah. playbook wise, assignments wise, right? Yeah. And like you even forgot when you're naming guys, Malik Herring has even showed up this year, right? No. Dan has showed up this year. I mean, I mean, yeah. so we have like it, it's funny when we we let go Cobra and a part of me was thinking like old school uh Chiefs um um with a lack of defensive line talent, like I can't believe we let him go. What are we thinking? We're not like that anymore. We have a we're the team that can afford to let go of a talented take a shot on defensive lineman type and like yep. not be burned for it. Yep. So and plus there's still rumors that we're going to bring in Frank Clark and also talk about having a plethora of pass rushers. If we do get Frank Clark, I mean, that's just, that's just another guy to have to r- rotate in there. I mean, he won't probably get, he won't be getting the most amount of reps, but to give, to spell Omenahu and, and they say he might even go to practice squad, but like just to spell Omenahu to spell Chris Jones. If he, when he plays at the edge spot to spell like Carl Loftus, just even having a veteran presence there. Especially the play, when we get to the playoffs, to have that Please. kind of person, it's fun, man. I haven't had this much fun watching defense in a really long time. Like, yeah, we go three and out, like, damn, three and out. But like, all right, let's see what the defense can do. What, what, what can they get for us? Put us in a good field position or whatnot. So let's get to the offense. Talking about tale of two halves. First half, awesome. Specifically, second quarter. MVS got a touchdown. Uh, JD called it this week on the show on the on the betting episode on Cash and Props. Mm-hmm. Called it. So JD, kudos to you, buddy. And the Omena who calls. So not Dunstradamus strikes again, guys. Uh, keep in mind, uh, thinking think of what JD has to call on our betting shows, guys, because you can put place place a bet on that pretty good. I, I think the MBS anytime touchdown paid out pretty well today. Oh, yeah. But um is the offense back? Because I mean, you look at the Mahomes on pace for 700 yards in the first half of that game. Kelsey had 100 yards in the first half of that game, second game in a row. I think it's the first time it's happened since 2000. I think I read online. Is the offense back, or is that San Diego defense or the LA Charger defense just like bad? I mean, and it is. I mean, they've been giving up a lot of yards. This is the reason why you even said go Chiefs or go Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns, passing touchdowns this week. And I had him over 250 yards passing, which both hit pretty easily. Yeah. But like, what, what, what is the offense back? Because there are some things that I saw that were flaws to the offense today was not being able to get the run game going, which not even to get 50 yards rushing for Pacheco. I think it was one of Pacheco's worst games, yards per carry wise, um, when he gets over like 12 carries or something like that. He never even, that's the thing too. It was a lot of weird movement in that game. I thought for a second there that Pacheco was hurt because we were seeing an awful lot of CEH. And I don't know where that came from because Pacheco wasn't getting the ball that much. I was like, he's not, not spelling Pacheco. So like, Great game all around. First half defense was was kind of crummy. Second half defense was great. Our offense first half awesome. A plus plus. Second half offense was meh. What what did you see offensively today? Um, do you think the offense is back, or are we saying check offense is back? No need to worry about it anymore. So going back to the betting show we were talking about, I was ta- I thought it was going to be a high scoring game, just because I thought we would clean up our red zone problems. Um, and I didn't really think we had a lot of overall offensive problems. I think it was very specific to the red zone. Um, I mean, look, going to the game, we were a third overall in yards per game, but our red zone had been sputtering a few times the last couple games. 
uh, not as good as what we're used to. Today, three or four. Like, that's – it's an improvement. I, I think that's a huge part of it. I noticed no cute plays. Did you see any, like, third and two – bell up the middle type plays or like jet sweeps at the most inopportune times. None of that shit. It was like, play your game, play your strengths, take what the defense is giving you, take a couple shots and maybe she shouldn't have. But overall it was him just getting out, finding an open spot. Um, I think the chargers did a great job of adjusting and putting way more pressure on um, guarding Kelsey, which made us kind of force over someone else. But again, if we just have one guy step up other than Kelsey, um, and have some good yak chunk plays, it's cold. And the other thing was, too, it really opens everything up when you have big plays. And we haven't had a lot of those this year, right? Um, I haven't done any deep diving yet, but just looking at the longest plays for the game, 53 Kelsey, 46 uh, MVS, 37 Rasheed Rice, fourth was uh, McKinnon at 27, right? So uh, if you come back to previous games, you got like um, – Broncos, for instance, longest plays, 40 from Kelsey, 28 from Rice. Uh, the one before it was um, 33 was the young, longest Watson play and 20 from Ross before that. So we just had our fourth longest play like this week was basically one of our longest plays in previous weeks. So when you do that, it opens up everything else. Like Romo was saying, the flats were wide open every time. So, I mean, at worst, Mahomes just knew, knew he was to get like five or six and get like a manageable third down every time. Um, going into the last drive, the, the third downs were pretty close in ratio between us and the chargers, but, uh, they got a lot worse in the last drive. They couldn't get any third down. So we did win that battle in the end, but I just think picking up clutch thirds and our red zone was just on point and no Q plays. I've been anti Q play for quite a while. Yeah. I think everyone, I think everyone in Chiefs kingdom has been anti Q play throwing, having KT throw bombs. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, we're seeing some comments here. Micah L there are too many wideouts, eight receivers and some getting a little rhythm. True. True. I, I, yeah. I mean, as far as receivers getting rhythm, I think it's just kind of you when you have so many receivers, you want to kind of get everybody's burn and kind of get everybody the, the same amount of playing time. Or at least if some guys aren't doing anything, like I think, you know, I think you even mentioned you even mentioned on this. Uh, Tony's still quiet. MVS best game so far. Rasheed Rice is nice. Ross pulled off the field too quickly. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Ross's route. Sky one good catch and Hardman came in and uh, yeah, Hardman. This is interesting. So Hardman in today's game alone matched his uh, season catches and yards and also matched his targets. So in all the games he played with the, the Jets, he had three targets, one catch for six yards. Then he had three targets and one catch for six yards. So welcome back. It's nice having a return man who can also play offense, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%. So you have a guy who can contribute in multiple parts of the game. Um, I think we, at least as a one-game sample, we see who – Hardman's going to affect the most as far as playing time, and that's probably KT. Yeah, KT very quiet today. KT and uh, KT and Tony, or not KT and Sky, one uh, one catch each. I thought we we're going to start to get them more involved today, but like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm still. I think the offense shows that it, it never went away. Um, I just think that second half is more what we've been seeing this season. Quite uh, quite honestly, the second half of the game was what we've been seeing more so this season. But first half. We stepped on the we, we stepped on the gas in that second quarter and didn't look back. Second half, yeah. take away that Blake Bell fumble, we would probably score there again. Though, know? so like yeah, so like we were on the way to scoring on that on that drive. But yeah, Harbin being back, the juice that he provided on the special teams, fantastic. 
But offensively, yeah, I'm still scared about the KT and, and Sky reps. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know why they're not being targeted. I don't know why they're not getting catches. They're not, dro- they're not dropping anything, so that's not an issue right now. Uh, Rasheed Rice, is, it, it honestly looks like he has Pat's full-on trust. and Obviously, everyone knows he's the reason why I – mean, Mahomes is the reason why we drafted him. He tried out Quentin Johnson. He didn't – I mean, whatever for whatever, whatever reason, he wasn't a, that, that big of a fan. Uh, he tried out Zay, Zay Flowers, and then he had uh, Rasheed Rice come to Texas and, uh, and work out with him. And, that, and he chose him for a reason. And we're seeing – why they're, 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 they, have, they have some connection there Rasheed rice catching that sc- the screens and just going right up the field bolted up field there's yep. like he's losing that rookie like hesitation and the Romo kind of commented on it when we commented on it last week though he's losing that like the whole rookie like hesitation he's catching the ball yep. going not thinking just doing so it, it's great and it's great that we have a guy and it was just going back and forth Kelsey was, he was literally going to Kelsey rice Kelsey rice Kelsey rice occasionally somebody else but he was going to them uh the, the to rice and Kelsey Justin Ross he was getting some reps around the red zone today. I saw him getting a lot of red zone reps today and kind of reps all over the field. I think, I, I think he, it wasn't a lot by any means, but that, that fade, they tried to throw the fade to him in the back of the end zone. I don't know what he slowed up uh, and then like bumped into the cornerback and kind of pushed off. What, what is, did you, did you agree with that call? I thought, I thought it was a can, shitty call. My question is, and of course I'm a bias sheet fan. Can can a ball be uncatchable for an offensive pass interference? Like, if a ball's 10 yards over a guy's head, like, do I still get flagged if I try pushing you for the ball? I, I've never heard of that before. I've never seen uncatchable for an offensive. But that, that ball was so high, like, he wasn't coming down with that ball, dude. He wasn't getting that ball. You, you mm-hmm. get, he's good at high pointing. He's not that good at high pointing, okay? So, yeah. like, I, I don't – he got contact on him, but they were, like, up against each other. I don't think that should have been called. But, again, we're fucking advised G fans. I thought it was a bad call. Uh, I do like the look, though. I, 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 I thought it was a bad – Pass interference, whatever, whatever they wanted to call it, and he was even he was shocked about. It. He thought he got a DPI on that on that. Play. I know, I know. And, he and did. then he was like upset that they didn't give it to him. But like, I like that they called that. It shows. I know there's some people out there, and there's mm. one there's one fan of ours. Um, I think it's Sapphire Sapphire Modron. Keeps saying that we need to let Justin Ross go and let him go play somewhere else. It's not going to happen. I don't know why that, that that continues to be that harped on. I don't understand, but. Where he didn't get a catch today, he got that target though. So like, and that's a target that nobody else on the team is getting that play call for them. Like, think about it. When was the last time we, we we had a fade route like that call for someone in the, in the right? No. In the Mahomes there, and I also on that play, I noticed mm-hmm. on that play, that's the biggest receiving group that I've seen that Mahomes has had going back to college or the NFL. It was literally yeah. Rice, MVS, and Ross on the on the and uh, on that play together. It's like, dude, these guys are like freaking six three plus. All these guys, these guys are huge. And then add um, Kelsey there too. And then add Kelsey too. It's like the biggest collection of receivers Mahomes has had. So I yeah. thought that was that was uh, that, that kind of stood out to me when it was just those three guys in the field. Because usually it's you got KT or Tony or um or, or mm-hmm. Sky sprinkled in on there like oh like small guys, big guys. But yeah, having that that big group and it, it, it might be our like red zone package. And that was that was where the play where they threw up the other uh, ball to um to Ross. So I mean I like they did that. Hopefully they continue to do that because like. Throwing him in there, getting a pass interference, and I, I like that I saw him later on in the game. He didn't get the ball targeted to him or, or not, but like I'm glad they kept him in the game. He still kept giving him um, reps and snaps tonight, even though that that didn't work out the way it worked out. But you need okay, you need yeah. to actually draw you need to draw plays for him. Uh, would you say that's promising that we're getting we're getting jump ball plays for uh, for Justin Ross? Absolutely, and he didn't even need. And it's funny because when he had his hands on the cornerback, he should just gone up for the ball. Like it wasn't even necessary. Like you had to. That was just a you had to out jump him. That's all you had to do. And that well, guy was not, 
he kind of slowed up on that run altogether. I mean, why? Yeah, we well, saw, but instead of just going up for it, he kind of like tried to get in position. I, I guess he maybe thought it was going to be more of like a back shoulder, just like catch here. But no, dude, it's a jump ball. Just go up and get it. Which again, I think it was going to be over his head anyway. So I, I don't think that was even catchable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I, I think what we talked about Chris Jones with having the main guy and then a bunch of other guys around him is kind of what we do on offense with uh, Kelsey and Mahomes. You have that connection and then everyone else needs to use that and then get separation. Like you're let Kelsey uh, develop such a rapport in game with Mahomes that he gets doubled from the second half on. Then after that, all right, guys, you're all like first and second round players get a beat your man one-on-one for at least for a couple of plays. And at least if two guys have good games, good games, not even great games, We'll have great, great offensive games if Kelsey just does his job and then the other guys just open it up. So um, love Rice so much, and we just need Ross to develop more in the red zone. I don't think he even needs to be that. I don't think it's give him six targets a game or, or, or cut him and let him go be somewhere else. I think you can Silly. use him where you need him. Uh, that's his agent talking, by the way. Uh, just use him where you need him and, and then help slowly develop him. And there's no rush here. Yeah. No, we're, we're not cutting him. It's, just, we're, we're, it's a ridiculous thing. Cut him and let him go uh, elsewhere. And like I, I think, and I'm not trying to harp on Sapphire Madrid here, the, our commenter, but like to say they need to let him go. If I'm Ross, I'm asking out. He's not doing that. Like this team literally took him an undrafted free agent, let him sit a year. Kind of this team is is has his back, his best interests. They they want him to succeed, and every, most people in Chiefs Kingdom want him to succeed. Outside of a few content creators who aren't. With for whatever reasons are anti rosters, but whatever. Um, sticking with we're the not, we're not the Cardinals. We're not like here to develop guys. You're you're developing on the fly of a championship run every year. Mm. So when you come here, your one catch a game might seem small and mundane and, 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 and insignificant, but it's a big deal because that one catch contributed to our championship. Yeah. So when you're doing that here, it, it's different. You're learning on the fly of a really successful, finely oiled machine. Mm-hmm. that's why you don't get a lot of guys complaining. That's why you don't get those guys doing that here. Even like Tyreek Hill, who has a big mouth, right? He didn't really cause trouble here because we're winning, dude. Like, what are you going to complain about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, too, uh, with that, the whole the, the championship pedigree this team has, how many guys are getting plays called for them? Like, yeah, you have the jet motion stuff. But, like, Ross clearly had a play that was draw, drawn up for him to go up and get the ball today. Yeah. No one else is doing that. So yeah. that's one thing. Like, yeah, he didn't. He, he, that was the only target he got. He didn't get any catches, but still, he had a play drawn up for him. So that I think that's a step in the right direction as far as the the Ross movement and getting him back, back on the field and getting him um, more reps and snaps and stuff. Well, let's talk about the the all the uh, running running game today. Oof. One of the one of the worst games in Pacheco's career when he gets more than ten carries, two and a half yards a carry. Pretty pretty rough game. Um, I mean, he, he provided some juice in the passing game. I knew he was going. I knew he was going to dominate as far as catching the ball out of the backfield. Like I called that. I mean, San Diego cannot stop the running backs out of the backfield. So great game receiving the ball as far as run, running the ball. And I don't know if that was an off the line thing. I know there was some little bit uh, where uh, Donovan Smith went out and Wanya Morris came in at the left tackle spot today. So like I don't know what it was. There wasn't there, there wasn't much uh, movement up front uh, to to get the the guys through the holes and stuff today. It just it, it didn't seem right. And also like. Can we cut out the stretch plays with CEH? I'm so tired of the stretch plays with CEH. It literally never goes anywhere. We don't have Jamal Charles back there. We have C- we have CEH and, and Pacheco. Like yeah, Pacheco's great, but CEH is not. Let's not do the, the stretch plays with him anymore, please. Um, so Tasia, thoughts on the running game tonight and what you saw from the uh, the guys up front? 
I've called out a few of Pacheco's lower yards per carry games in the past few weeks. Um, it's not a shock to me. Now, why I don't get super down on him for a couple reasons. So, first off, this is the fourth game that he's averaged less than four yards per carry. Um, so, this is it's kind of a theme here. What I do like about his game, no matter what, is that he's not a home runner strikeout guy. He's not a chunk or nothing guy. He gets three to five every time he touches the ball, right? So it's not like he's one of those backs who has like a 60-yard run in the first quarter and the rest of the game he has like 15 yards on like nine carries, right? He, he's a guy who gets – he moves. So it's effective. His job he does very effectively, which is getting us to manageable second and third downs when we need it. So I'm not going to be too down. And he's a seventh round pick. I'm not, you know, and his contract is a seventh round pick's contract. So I'm not going to, just because he has a few good games, we think he's the next coming. Doesn't mean I'm going to start giving him Saquon Barkley expectations every time he touches the ball. I realize what he is. Uh, he's a stomper who who takes tough yards, holds onto the ball pretty well, and gets three to five yards no matter what. And if you look at the two of his worst games, where he averaged 2.5 and 2.9 against the, uh, the Lions, um, the only games that he didn't have a carry for over 10 yards in that game. Mm. Um, he, he had one for six and, and against the Lions, his longs was seven. So that's part of it too. And not that those are huge chunk plays. He's not breaking Jamal Charles 90 yard runs, but I don't think we're expecting that. But if he gets at least one 10 yard carry, I think no matter what, he'll have at least over three yards of carry. My goodness. But um, CH, man, I don't want to pile it on. Uh, I've said a lot of bad things about CH over the last few weeks, and I used to defend CH a lot. Um, and maybe like we telegraph the run on those plays that he gets it, but they don't. And he runs hard. And I know JD brought this up last week too. Like the blocking wasn't great on those carries he had last week. Um, but a whole season of, of the block, the run blockers don't block for you. Are you not taking them out for dinners then? Like what the hell is going on? Like, you're not buying them rings and watches in the offseason? Like, something's going on, dude. If, if they're not – I'll take that from a game or two. But you tell me every game in the entire season, run blocking just doesn't happen when you get the ball? Come on. I will say today, just sticking with Pacheco, and, you know, I, I think Micah talked about the rhythm as far as receivers. I think today, because we talked about Pacheco's kind of a rhythm, like getting in a rhythm running back. He needs the carries to kind of gobble it up a little bit. He only had 12 carries today. I mean – it's probably his lowest uh, carry. And I'll say the running back rotation was very random and weird today. This this was the most I've seen CEH on the field. I thought there was a moment there where Pacheco was hurt. We were seeing a little bit too much of uh, CEH. He wasn't getting the ball, but he was in there like, what's going on here? And he's not the, he's not the best pass blocker. So uh, so like him being in there during the passing downs made no sense. Receives crazy. He saw a receiver out of the back. But like that should have been McKinnon or let's get Pacheco in there. So not like, enough McKinnon. Well, yeah, there never never is enough McKinnon. We, yeah, we, after we, he broke, after he broke a one like a, a play that got called back of six sixty yarder. Like he's got juice today, guys. Let's get McKinnon more involved. You know, two games in a row, McKinnon got a, a big play call back on a on a very similar thing. But I think both are blocks in the back. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, overall, it was a very impressive game. We saw the offense and defense both do their thing uh, this today, and you know, like hey, I. I I'm seeing the offense do what they did in that first half and seeing what the defense did in the second half. Give me, give me that. And then some, uh, lastly, I want to say, uh, McCall Harbin, just a special teams touch. 
What you think of McCall Harmon? Uh, we talked about his just presence being there offensively, but seeing a guy come in there, and I thought we talked about it, he was gonna have a punt return on the day Dante Hall gets the Ring of Honor. He was so close to it, so but, close. Yeah. Uh, what, what was um? What did you think of McCall Harmon being back? I was I was happy, man. It, it's so nice to have like a guy that again that can play. We were so hard for a return man that we just had a return man only returning. Um, to have a guy that can do that plus take some uh, pressure off your guys who are you know having draw problems or whatever. He knew the offense already. It was an instant fix. He might actually be one of the best offensive in-season acquisitions we've ever had. Well, that or Kadarius Tony last year. Yeah, sure. And, and and why was his? Because of a good return he had in the Super Bowl. There you go. So it's like our two are you know we're getting we're getting return men in season. There you go. That that's an easy transition to make. You know, a return is a return, right? Hmm. Um, but it's nice to have a guy that can do both and, and, and you know, has rapport. And I'm sure it was like a sigh of relief for him and an appreciation. Not that he was having a bad time in New York, but he wasn't playing football. You know what I mean? So yeah. he went to go out look for new opportunities. He got a, l- a little money. The opportunity wasn't there, and he came right back and just kind of hit the ground running, man. It, it's, it's good to have a guy that we can rely on for multiple parts of the game, special teams and that. And he's so loved in the locker room. You saw that on that return. Everyone's so juiced up. And yeah, saw the, great. The, the clips that practiced this week, everyone's so happy to see him back in the building. Um, so we're going to edit here now, guys. I'm seeing some comments here, so I'm going to touch on some stuff before we head out of here. And remember, tomorrow, 2 p.m., J.D. and I will be on Bleacher Report's live stream uh, doing our grade show from today's game. But uh, And then also, if you guys can't make it to the live stream at 2 o'clock tomorrow, Bleacher Report will also have the episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. But I'm going to round out here with some of the, the comments and stuff from everybody. So we were talking about uh, Nick Bolton's injury. So I'm seeing from Blueberry Wilbur. They said it's a dislocated wrist for Bolton, and he should be good in two weeks. I thought that's what it was. Dislocated wrist. I mean, I mean, it, it, could they call that up anyway? Like, I mean, and he could play this week. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I've never had a dislocated wrist before. I want club. I don't. I don't give a shit. I want him playing next week or two weeks. But I want him wearing a club because that's just badass. I don't know if anybody else wants to see our guy in a, in a club because, like, I want that. What about you? Are you a club guy or no? I'm definitely a club guy. I don't want them to just wear, you know, just to wear it. But. <laughs> <laughs> and he rips it off in game and throws it away for effect. I mean, you tell me, like, you want you want some juice in your defense, like an ultimate warrior moment in the ring. That's true. That's true. It's everyone so juiced up. Could you imagine that he's just slugging out and biting it off, maybe and throwing <laughs> it like George Animal steals the turnbuckle. You know hey, what I mean? He's got George Animal Carl Lothis right next to him. That's, that's true. Uh, true. Jay Harry Babcock says, "Sounds like Christian Okoye when we're talking about Pacheco." Yeah, he's um, talking about the stomp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we got ARG and KC. This was an interesting game. Uh, first half offense and defense at half for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we mentioned that throughout the episode. I don't know if ARG, if you came in the middle of the episode, but yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole thing was fantastic. Uh, just top to bottom. I would love for the one game to have everyone going fire on all cylinders first half and second half, but Hey, at least you got the best, of the best, of the first half from the offense and the best, of the best from the, uh, the defense in the second half. So yeah, I love that comment there. Uh, let go my ego. Let's fucking go. Chiefs kingdom. One, a six pack on ice and 40 bucks. Ooh. All right. What a, what a chicken dinner. There you go, baby. I, uh, I need Phil Duffy to win tonight. Then I'll, uh, win my bets for the day. So I'll be very happy about that. Um, did a man who played our expectations. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. And I'm, 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 everyone online can say enough about the guy. He's fantastic. He's everything that we thought we were going to get from San Francisco and more. And this is just one game. So, we got two years with this guy. As long as he doesn't get suspended next year for six games, I'll be happy because I want to see this guy on, on a full year um, of games and see what his sack 
um, number can be and his pressure number. Hit that like. Yep, damn right. Hit that like. Um, Tony Romo was super biased on Chiefs turnover. Yeah, I didn't really – and Steratore, too, with that whole Blake Bell thing. I, it was not uh, that was one of the worst calls I've seen, and I, you know, we won the game, so but like that was a, that was a really bad call. He had the ball for like a second, and was, he never made a move with it. So yeah, he gripped the ball. Like I've seen plenty of guys grip the ball, and it's an incomplete pass. So like I, that made zero sense to me at all. My wife thought he was very biased on the almost turnover of Pacheco. She thought he was really pushing for the uh, for the turnover there. I was like, yeah, he is. He's pushing a little hard. He's really trying to convince them that it, it was a turnover. Yeah. No, but if you look at the rip, if you look at the rip, well, okay, like the, you don't judge turnovers on a rip, dude. It ha- you have to see the ball come out. Yeah, I don't know. I think they want to be more competitive of a game. That that that's right. That's why I think that that um that Blake Bell fumble. I think they're like they wanted this game because it was gonna we score there. That game gets out of hand, and that's early in the third quarter. They didn't want to training it. They didn't want people to turn tuning it yes. off. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, ARG and KC, how much credit does Swift get for Kelsey's performance? Um, all? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, hey, I'll say this. He's Since Taylor Swift's been there in the building, he's looked phenomenal. Obviously, you know, the Jacksonville game was his first game back after the whole uh, the, the, uh, hyperextension um, or the bone burst that he had. But overall, I think, yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic. I don't know if it is a Taylor Swift effect. Um, you could even say is uh, was today uh, offensive explosion was that the McCall Hardman effect? Maybe playing playing good from his old boys. And I will say this: uh, JD said that Hardman that MBS is gonna have a big game today because of Hardman being there. And you know what that means? That means okay, guys, we're not happy with what's going on in the receiver room. We're bringing we're bringing other guys in town, and that stepped everybody's play up. Where she yep. looked good, MBS looked fantastic. Um. Tony Romo cannot stop mentioning Tyreek Hill. He's so frustrating. Yeah, I, I'm I'm done with the whole Tyreek Hill thing. But we're gonna hear about Tyreek Hill until he retires. Quite frankly, because the guy can't stop talking about the Chiefs himself. So we're gonna continue to hear about Tyreek Hill. His his career will always be connected with ours. As much as that sucks, but he, he will. Yeah. Um, and then also too, if we lose that game in Germany, that'll be awful. So let's hope let's hope and pray we win that game in Germany because I do not want to hear about Tyreek Hill. Um, beating the Chiefs because that we'll hear about that for a, a good minute. All right, last one here, guys. We're gonna head out here. He had possession, his hip leg was already down for the ball, even started to move. Yeah, no, 100%. Maybe yeah. it was moving, we just couldn't see it. So, okay, like that's it. it has, you have to, you can't assume because it was a very nice rip, right? It's got to be moving visually. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I sometimes I get these uh, the 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 sport commentator guys. They want people to stick around a little bit, so they're like trying to push for that to be a fumble, so the team's not getting blown out, so like people will stay and watch, and the game means more. Also, CBS, you need to fix that whole thing. I did not want to watch that Browns and Colts game. Oh my god! Like, talk about like two worthless teams. I don't want to watch that, dude. That, that game was ridiculous. First off, high scoring game that, that was crazy in itself, but I didn't want to watch that game. Nobody wanted to watch that game. And Browns had no business winning that game either. I was, I was hoping the Colts were gonna pull that one off, but whatever. They covered the spread at least. In the future, if anyone else is affected by that, go to one of the apps, CBS or Paramount Plus. You can actually they actually let you split the screen that game. Okay, well, there you go. Paramount Plus. If you have the app, you can watch the game or yeah, I don't even know what the stream, like the, the illegal streams online, if they had that as well. But um, yeah, I was I had the game on locally, so I was just waiting for that to, to come back on. Yeah, um, just a FYI for anyone that wants to, that was affected by it also. Yeah. But all right, guys. Well, again, tomorrow, two o'clock, you can find me and Jason on Bleacher Report. 
episode will also be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel if you cannot make the Bleacher Report 2 p.m. session. But, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. We love the engagement, as always. Love everybody in here, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.